Welcome to the Conscious Educator Playground, where we collaborate with trusted educators from around the world to ignite and empower a passionate community committed to revolutionizing education from the inside out. Join me as we create our lives and our cultures on purpose. This is the Conscious Educator Playground. Let's play. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Conscious Educator Playground podcast. I am Sandy Herrera, and I am joined by the amazing Sheba Rashada, as always. Uh, we are going to chat today about customer. Like, who is your first customer? And what does that mean? What, is that, what does that look like to you? And, and how do we actually um, connect with customers? What does that, what does that even mean? So Chiba, let, let's let's dive right in today. We we don't have a lot of time. This is one of our our short version podcasts. Um, what do you think about as as a teacher who's who's working in a high school right now? Um, when I think when I say the word customer, does it resonate in the school setting? Do you think of it? I mean, let's not talk about you. Let's talk about in general terms, right? Because we know you're a superhero educator. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, so I don't, I don't think customer service is something that's consistent in all schools and all districts, but I think the concept of customer service in schools, um, is something that a lot of leaders and teachers do have in their minds consciously. Mm -hmm. Right. Where it, I mean, because you already know that as an educator or if you're working with children that yes, you're in um, a servant leadership position, but right. I think that idea of customer service, um, because you can get this kind of um, thing where you think customer service is more for like retail or, you know, right. corporate America. So yeah, so not always, but um, I know with many of the supervisors that I've had in the past, mm -hmm. customer service was a term that was used and it was very important to them. Yeah. And when we think about those leaders, right, when we think about those who lead from, and we've talked about servant-based leadership before. Sure. Um, and so when we think about um, the word customer, a lot of us do think, you know, it's like we're shopping. Yeah. And, and whether it's online or what, I mean, it's, we're, <laughs> we're filming this in the holiday season. So lots of us are, are customers right now. And then there's also the, the phrase, the customer is always right. I don't know about you, but the energy around that phrase isn't always pleasant. <laughs> was that a very nice way to say that? I don't know. I, I think it's a very good way to say that, especially during holiday shopping time where some customers are not always right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sometimes ourselves included, right? It's like, oh, absolutely. I let my emotions get the best of me. Um, but if we think about in our schools, let, let's actually ground it in there. Um, like, who is the customer in our schools? And I know that this has been debated before. This We're not the first ones to be having this conversation. But who do we serve? Like, who is the customer in, in our schools, in your opinion? 
Um, in my opinion, it's definitely the students and their families. Mm. Absolutely. Because, um, and, for, and I, I say families because we need to have those very strong and deep connections with families because our students, it, it's not just we see the students and then release them off into, you know, out there. We need to work with families because educators and families are a team in order to be able to provide everything it is that a child needs, not just academically, but socially, emotionally, mentally, and et cetera. So in my mind, the customers are definitely the students and the families. Yeah, I love that. And when we think about um, our lives, right, we think about like who we show up as. Sure. Do you ever consider yourself your first customer? I mean, maybe you don't think of it in those words, but... No, um, and I, now I do. I don't think I always did. Um, I I felt like, you know, my own family, right? The kids that I birthed, um, you know, the people in my immediate family were my first customers. Um, so, yeah, it's just, and, and that was so funny that she said that earlier, Sandy, about the customer always being right. I don't mm -hmm. think um, with my family and mine as being the first customers, I don't always thought or I didn't always think that they needed to be, you know, they're always right. But I always thought that I needed to do whatever it is to make sure that they were in good health, mm -hmm. right? And that they, you know, that their needs were being met. Yeah. I think so many of us as, as caregivers, right? And, and, you know, not gender specific, not role specific. Um, but if we think about those of us that, that take care of others as, like our, our natural um, inclination is to serve others first before ourselves. And what, what we're finding in a, in a lot of the research, and this is, is not new news, but I think it's, it's becoming a bigger conversation, which I appreciate, is about paying yourself first, is, is about you being your first customers. You know, what are your needs? How do you fill your cup on a daily basis? And you know, it goes beyond self-care, right? It goes beyond chocolate and bubble baths. Uh, but to really, how are you showing up for yourself? How are you setting yourself up for success each day? Just as you would if someone were coming into your store, for example, um, or guests coming into your home that you're serving for a dinner party. You're, and we've talked about that, the six senses of culture. Um, but when we think about, you know, our families, our friends, our colleagues, our clients, our students. Um, and I, in the email that I, I sent out this week, it was, you know, I, I used the word supervisors and, you know, just, just a little nudge on, on the visual of that, because that, that's another word that isn't, doesn't necessarily have a good or, I don't want to label it as good, um, a positive connotation to it. Sure. Supervisor usually comes with some sort of micromanagement essence to it or like um, someone that you you have a boundary ar around really being your authentic self with. Um, but I like the, the play on words and I, I don't remember where I saw this, where you just capitalize the word super and then you think of the word visors and, and that that visor, that that lens that kind of can see things, and so if, if it's a supervisor, right, and we, we split the, we hyphenate the word, right. then it gives you superpowers. And if those relationships, back to you talking about leaders that 
that really focus on you as their customer um, and those you serve. That's why, like, I agree with you that students are the first customer within the school community and their families are kind of a second customer within that. Um, but I think depending on your role within the school system, your employees, right? Your colleagues could be your first customer depending on the situation. And, and really it, it, it comes down to like, how are we really showing up in the world, right? Because why is it important to be even talking about first customer? Right? Why, why is this relevant to, to culture? Why is this a conversation that, that we're having about education? Um, it's, it's important to kind of ground in, in the why. And for me, it's, you know, my why of bringing this topic up is that if we don't look through the lens of customers and customer service and what it means to take care of one another and go a little bit away from the, the caregiver, um, I, I guess essence energy around that word is like you're giving of yourself versus customer service is you're, you're elevating everyone together. So there's just a nuance of a difference um, for me personally, and it may not be the same for you. The, I mean, choose whatever words work for you uh, and really think through what matters in your world that allows you to feel like you are being taken care of, but that you are also taking care of others from that place of servant leadership and, and looking at it through the lens of, of our first customer is really just being mindful throughout the day in this moment, who is my first customer? Yeah. And how does that show up, right? On any given day. So on a day when you have, when it's a professional development day, who is your first customer that day? Yeah. I, and I guess, and, and for me, Sandy, I think it's just, um, and you're absolutely right. And I, that is going to shift the way that I see things because to me, when you're dealing specifically with schools, it's always the student. Because even on a professional development day, we're there to strengthen our craft as teachers. We're there to maybe analyze data because without students, we don't have schools at all. Yep. We really don't. But yeah, I guess um, in schools, it would be definitely important for other people to be customers as well. I know when I was an instructional coach, the teachers that I coached were customers. And that is who I worked with. And obviously to make that, you know, to strengthen their craft for their own students, but that's who I was called to first. So you're absolutely right. I, that's a new way to think of it. Yeah. For me at least. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that it's, it's just a nudge of, of expansion of the lens a little bit. Right. Because it's edgy to say, don't put the students first. <laughs> it's a very controversial thing to say. And, and I say it sometimes. <laughs> and, and the reason that I say it is because if we are not taking care of the educators within the system, if we are not taking care of the adults, then how can they show up as their best selves to actually take care of our students? If we're consistently diminishing and undervaluing and demoralizing and disempowering the adults within our school system, how are we ever gonna create epic learning environments? 
if, if we don't have teachers that feel amazing. And I know so many educators that show up and, and put that happy face on and, and, and you're one of them, right? It's like every day is a new day and, and you've got this and you're going in and, and I can't tell you the amount of times when I'm having a conversation with a group of educators and they're like, my day started off so good. And then, <laughs> and there's always that and then, and it's like, what derails that? And it derails it when we lose sight of what are we showing up for? And a lot of people talk about it's what's best for kids. It's what's best for kids. It's what's best for kids. Mm -hmm. And taking care of the adults and prioritizing the mental wellness of the adults is good for kids. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you. And <laughs> we have to add in this component of healthy adults. The work that um, my sister and I are doing and, and really having our two companies collaborate um, that we're, we're focused this next school year on, um, on working with an entire district that has around 10 schools. So we're looking for a smaller district um, and we're, we're in the process of interviewing those smaller districts right now <laughs> to be able to choose the one that we can actually make systemic change and be able to focus on not only the culture transformation and the mental wellness of the adults within our schools, but to also focus on the student well-being and having telehealth available for the students, as well as for the adults. Like some of the things that, that we're talking about and that she's been dreaming up about for years is, is having a phone booth-esque style in um, our schools. And, and I kind of added in the, the flavor of, it's like a superhero phone booth. Like you go in as Clark Kent and you come out as Superman, you know, and you've had an opportunity to have a telehealth session with a licensed professional um, that can navigate through whatever you're, you're, you're dealing with. And, and I believe that opportunities like that are not just for the students. They actually serve the adults to have that opportunity as well. Because if we don't take radical responsibility for who we're showing up as, sure. as adults, mm -hmm. then we don't have the capacity to actually have that awareness of how we're approaching each individual that then transforms our environments and our entire cultures. And, and we create a very on purpose culture versus an unconscious culture that's, oh, cause we've always done it that way. No, no, it, it gets to be because we designed it this way. And it starts with us going, okay, who's my customer in this moment? Like if I am truly showing up as my best self, for who, for what purpose? And if you carry that forward, for what purpose? For what purpose? But you have to take that first step. And if that first step is showing up as the best version of yourself for your colleagues or owning who you're showing up as that day, then you can actually accomplish what you're there to accomplish. You'd be like you were saying on a professional development day that is to do what's best for kids to create curriculum and, and content and lessons and, and adventures and experiences that are best for kids. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Sandy too, um, just the, when we're talking about the world of education and specifically um, here in the States, I think we need to do a better job when we are taking teachers and um, leadership through our undergraduate and graduate programs to teach. Because 
there's there's not going to be you know it's not always going to be consistent because districts are still doing their own things everyone's doing their own things but how do we educate um you know new teachers to really set that culture for their students and for themselves and i feel like that's the piece that's missing a lot of the time too and then i also think we need to see a diversity in culture in the people that we have teaching yeah. in the people that we have who are in leadership positions as well. So um, I'm just going to give an example, you know, um, now with me teaching in a place where um, all of our leadership team is African-American. Mm -hmm. So, but the school is predominantly, it's majority white students. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that's so different is every on every floor we have an assistant principal and they will come and talk to their teachers and look them in the eye and say how are you doing today and i know last year when it was my new year and i said you know what i'm just not i'm not doing well i'm not feeling well you know it's just new it's all of that and that assistant principal coming to my room closing the door and saying you should not feel this way i'm going to give you my personal cell phone number I'm going to give you the cell phone number of the school psychologist, et cetera. Now, while that's not school leadership based, I recognized it culturally mm -hmm. as something that we do because these are the things that we do culturally in our own homes and everywhere else. So I think if we can also start teaching this in the teaching programs, in the leadership programs, when I got my master's for leadership, no one taught me how to reach out in culture to really take care of the people that I supervise um, and, and really just start empowering people individually before they even get into the building. Right. And then when we have those things working inside of the building as well, how much more awesome is this going to be? Right. And then in the next decade, we're going to see a whole new face of education. So I, I just wanted to add that in, Sandy. I think that that's the missing piece too. And especially mentoring new teachers who are coming into the field. I, I couldn't agree more <clears throat> on on all of your points. And and when you think about um, what is taught in let's just talk let's just take undergrad right sure. to become a teacher. Sure. Um, they do talk about classroom management. Yes. Right. Yes. What's the difference in your opinion between classroom management and school culture? So classroom management. Uh, the difference between that, I think school culture is, that's going to be the culture of the entire school community. Everyone's on board with that. The teachers, the students, um, the parents that work with the school, families, leadership, everyone's on board with that. Mm -hmm. Whereas classroom management, those are strategies that work to manage the behaviors in classroom so that learning can happen. Right. Because you can have one teacher and your classroom strategies, I teach in high school, the classroom strategies that I use are going to be different in my senior level English classes than they're going to be in my freshman level English classes, you know? So I think that that's just, that's one of the differences. We need behavior management, classroom management, absolutely. But are our schools intentionally working on what the culture is going to be like? So even if one of my students leaves my class, they, they need a schedule change. They go over to another English teacher's class. Is that culture going to be the same? Are the values going to be the same? Are they still going to feel embraced and welcome and et cetera? So I think for me, that's what that, that clear difference would be. 
Yeah, and, and being able to articulate those values. And that's a lot of the work that we do at Educator Dynamics is really yes. getting school communities through that process. That's right. kind of our year one curriculum sure. uh, is that we get the entire school community unified in the common language of this is who we are and this is how we do things here. And we articulate who is the first customer. We articulate what are the six senses of culture. We articulate what are, what are some culture quick wins so you can feel a sense of progress. We talk about the science of happiness and how the five pillars really play out in everyday communication. And then in year two, we dive into the anatomy of trust and bring in some of Brene Brown's juicy work. And um, you know, we, we start getting in depth with how we're communicating and, and how the values are at play every day, whether we're paying attention to them or not. And, and how do we begin rewarding and disciplining in alignment with those values to where then in year three, we're getting to some peer-to-peer accountability and some really, um, as one of my assistant principals that I work with calls crunchy conversations, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and being able to, to know that it's okay to speak up for what's okay and what's not okay. And so that we're not in that place where it's a, oh, the customer is already always right and you have to acquiesce what your values are. No, it actually connects to where are we aligned with our values and let's have that values aligned conversation versus a good, bad, right, wrong, you know, us versus them type of conversation that I know permeates so many of our schools. And in order to back up from that and actually get to the root cause, the root solution, actually, where we have to have a values aligned conversation that creates this foundation of consistency and certainty. Because without that, everyone comes in with their nervous systems on fire looking out for the tiger. (laughs) (laughs) That may or may not be there. there, And it doesn't mean about if your mascot's a tiger. That's not what we're talking about. (laughs) Right? Right. Um, Yeah, it's it literally the this is so important. And I really wanted to bring this topic up as we as we get into um being at the time we're recording this. Um it's December and so getting ready to wrap up the first half of the school year here in the States and kind of reflecting back on what's working, what's not working. I know educators are starting to really go, okay, what do I want the second half of the year to look like? How do I want my students to feel? What do I want them to embrace? You know, who are we showing? Like, I know so many educators are having those thoughts and those conversations to really set them up, themselves up for success. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would really encourage you all to bring up this conversation, bring it up with your students, right? Bring it up with your colleagues of, having a a healthy conscious conversation around first customers and around what service to first customers means and starting with self, right? And how we're each individually showing up because we get to have the self-care conversation that actually goes to, I'm actually showing up as a healthy human that can regulate my emotions and and be able to have some self-advocacy to speak up for what's okay and what's not okay as well. Um, and have the awareness to know that that's actually happening. Because without those things, we're we're just playing whack-a-mole with the emotions of the day. And and again, having our nervous systems on fire like the tiger's going to jump out from nowhere versus truly finding our rhythm and our flow and not trying to find balance that's a teeter-totter that could be out of balance, you know, like that. <clears throat> but to actually find a rhythm and a flow within our schools where 
like, yeah, it feels good to be here. And teachers say, I get to go to work today. And students say, I get to go to school today. And we create that attraction because we've created that foundational culture that says, I see you, I hear you, and I value you. It's so vital. Yeah, very vital. And how much more would that help our students, you know, just emotionally? Because they're dealing with so much when they leave when they leave the schoolhouse, mm-hmm. and um, so I I think what you're talking about, Sandy, especially with that culture piece, um, we really want to serve students, but having that that culture in place, right? Those deep seated values that everyone can articulate, we're going to be better in our customer service ship, as it were. <laughs> Yeah, to, to those kids. So they feel loved even when they're not in the building. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and they feel valued. So, yeah. that's This is the work we're doing. We're gonna right? get this. <laughs> this is the work we get to do, which I love. I love it. I yes. love it. Um, yes. And next week, we're going to um, be chatting with uh, Amelia from our team, who is also my niece and um, also a current current college student. And we're going to actually dive into kind of that student perspective. So stay tuned for, for next week's conversation. It's going to be a good one. Yes. And if, if you or anyone that you know that you want to nominate wants to be a special guest on the Conscious Educator Playground podcast, definitely um, let us know. Uh, we've got a, a link that we'll drop in so that you guys can click on it and nominate yourself, nominate someone else to, to come on and join us as a special guest and we'll kind of dive into the juicy bits of, of your world and what that's like to be a conscious educator um, in today's day and age and, and how you're navigating through it all. Because it's gonna take each and every one of us navigating through it from a place of, of empowerment and consciousness. And we're not alone. There's so many of us um, that, are, that are on this path to really focusing on the mental wellness of not only ourselves, but our students. And, and it's important, it's vital work. So um, I am grateful to you all for being here. Uh, we will see you. I was gonna, I was gonna wish you happy holidays, but we're gonna see. You. <laughs> I mean, yes, sweet. Unless you're already celebrating holidays, I mean, please. It's the, whole, the whole season, the whole. The whole uh, yes, yes. I believe Hanukkah starts um, on Monday. So if you're so ce- if you're Jewish and you're celebrating Hanukkah, there we go. Yes. Happy holidays to you on Monday. Happy holidays to you. And, yes. you know, then we've got, we've got all of them kind of stacking up, which is a yes. season. Um, really what I want to uh, have all of you here from, from my heart and, and our entire team um, at Educator Dynamics is we are wrapping you all in a very warm hug, no matter where you are in the world. Um, this work is not easy. Just know that you are not alone. And we are here and we all get to play in the sandbox. So reach out if you ever need anything, anytime, we're here. Love you all. Have a great week. (laughs) Bye everyone. Thanks for joining the Conscious Educator Playground. Subscribe to this podcast and join our Conscious Educator Playground Facebook group. You can find me at Sandra Marie Herrera across all socials. I look forward to seeing you on the playground again soon. Cheers to another week living your life on purpose. Mm